all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, where we discuss issues involving your children as they're growing up. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today, we have Dr. Griffin Metcalf on with us. He is also a MedPeace physician at UMC, and we're going to be talking about screen time. We're going to talk about how much is too much, how can it be affecting our children, and how to make it helpful for our kids as well. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today we have Dr. Griffin Metcalf on with us. He is also a MedPeds physician at UMC. And we're going to be talking about screen time. We're going to talk about how much is too much. How can it be affecting our children? We can talk about how we can use it for good. So good morning, Dr. Metcalf. Thanks for coming on with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Dr. Metcalf is one of our MedPeds residents who's actually about to graduate, and he is going to be moving to New Albany, Mississippi, where he is going to be working as a MedPeds physician in that community. Um, And so, as one of the things that they do for their senior, I think y'all call it the senior presentation? Senior talk, right. Senior talk, okay. Um, For pediatrics, they have to pick a topic and give a discussion on it. And so his topic was screen time, which I thought was great. And I thought it would be a really good topic to discuss on the radio um, because we all deal with this. You can't avoid it now with your children. Um, It's everywhere. And uh, it's also the access to it. You know, I mean, when we were growing up, it was just a, a TV. That was really all you had. Now there's TVs, there's phones, there's tablets, there's computers, there's <laughs> everywhere you mm-hmm. go, there's screens. You can't even go to the doctor's office without having screens in front of you. So um, you can't avoid it. And so now we just have to learn how to use it for our, our good for our children. Um, so I thought this would be such a good topic to talk about. Um, and so I want, how did you kind of decide to talk about this topic and why is it important to you? Yeah. So <clears throat> for senior talk, they, they typically ask us to, to present something that's relevant to your own life, interesting to you, but also helpful to a general pediatrician. And honestly, I had a hard time coming up with a topic, but in thinking about, my, so my wife and I, we have a 14-month-old boy, and probably a month ago, we were having a conversation about um, how, when, the, when the right time is to implement screen time and how to go about that appropriately and responsibly as, as parents. And so I thought I'd share that. Um, and it's, you know, it's also something that I, you know, we routinely 
counsel parents on in the clinical setting, but it's something that I honestly have not had not done much research into myself and um, educating myself. And so it was really eye opening um, and helpful to me, not only as a parent, but as a as a pediatrician. Um, and I think it was semi helpful to the residents, or at least I hope it was. But and like you said, it's um, you know it's easy to to talk about screen time and frame it as a negative thing, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. I think like you like you mentioned, it's it's almost inescapable in our culture. If you if you think you're going to run from it, you're <laughs> you're probably not going to successfully do that. But I think instead of trying to avoid it altogether, um, being intentional about stewarding it right rightly and in a way that's helpful to your own children, I think is, is helpful. Yeah. Um, and it, like you said, it is okay for kids to watch TV. Um, but we just need to, or not, I guess not even TV. I'm just so used to TV, but it's really not even TV as much anymore that they're watching. They're watching phones and tablets now. Um, so it is okay, but let's figure out how we can, how we can do that to help them. So, a little bit about like what the AAP says. So the AAP is the American Academy of Pediatrics. So they're kind of the guiding force, I guess, for mm-hmm. pediatricians. Um, and so what their actual stance is, they used to be just like hard, fast, nobody under two watch any screen time. They've kind of modified it a little bit and they say... 18 to 24 months, you could introduce it um, as long as it's high-quality programming apps and things like that. Um, And then starting at 2, if you're going to use screen time, uh, they really want you to limit it to about one hour per day. After that, um, I think it's somewhere around six, maybe. I don't. I don't know the exact number. Age? Do you? You you may know it. Yeah. So between. so above the age of five, you can five, expand that to a couple of hours. But specifically, you know, you know above that, you can because children get into school age and they start using screens for right. book reports and school assignments, and that does not count as as the screen time. Yeah. So um, two to five, I guess, would be one hour a day, and then after five, trying to limit it to about two to three hours a day if mm-hmm. you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say they want to make sure that, you know, even if you're doing the screen time, you want to make sure that, you know, your kid is still getting the adequate sleep that they need, which is 8 to 12 hours, depending on their age. They're making sure they're still getting their physical activity, which we can go over a little bit, too, and to make sure that they're having plenty of time away from the, the media as well. Um, and we'll get into a little bit more of, like, how you can kind of balance that in a little bit. But just kind of wanted to throw out exactly what the AAP has to say about it. So if you're going to introduce screen time around age two, can you tell a little bit about, like, what they recommend doing so that you can actually make it beneficial? So not just putting your kid down and giving them a screen. Right. Um, I, I think um, so one of the things that makes screen time – possibly a negative things is that it can be isolating to children if you allow it to be if you don't take it as an opportunity to to point out things in the, in the cartoon or the show or the what the video they're watching and so some of the tips that that i came across that i thought were really helpful um is one as you're watching whether it be a cartoon a video um any kind of show is taking the opportunity to point out good behavior that's emulated in some of the characters, um, taking time to make point out to your children references to either historical landmarks or things that could be educational to your child. Um, and that sort of, you know, creates a, 
a community type atmosphere around screen time instead of just making it an isolated you know a child by themselves interpreting the whatever they're viewing because i mean the truth is as children they don't have the <laughs> they don't quite yet have the ability to interpret these things for themselves and and so i think um you know making sure that they that that you're co-viewing it with them mm-hmm. to to show them these things and a lot of the so my little girl loves miss rachel we were talking about this mm-hmm. before the show started so i don't know if y'all have heard of miss rachel but um she's been on the today they've done little things under the today show and all the places like that have featured her but essentially what miss rachel is is a lady that just gets up in front of a, a green screen in her apartment actually is what she does according to the today show interview uh, which is crazy it's her and her husband and they just do like very simple basic things but they get your child to repeat things they count um, they really work on their language so how miss rachel came about which i think is really interesting this is a little off topic but i just I think it's very interesting her child had a significant speech delay and um she had a hard time getting him into therapy and then even once he started therapy you know you only go once a week and so to kind of reinforce some of the things that he was doing in therapy she started creating these videos to help him and so if you watch her you know if you've ever seen any of her videos she like zooms in on her mouth and shows how to speak and then she also like gets them to repeat the the sounds and things like that um so anyway just a little side story on miss rachel that's interesting i knew that so we've again our son is 14 months we haven't routinely implemented screen time but there have been a few meltdowns in the doctor's offices that we've pulled out (laughs) miss rachel a few times and it's been very helpful and she yeah she's a great example of so educational and so Mm -hmm. helpful um you know but the when she asked you to repeat, so we watched it. My, my little girl's obsessed with Miss Rachel. She would watch Miss Rachel all day if we let her, but we do not. We only let her watch it in the car because she hates the car or, you know, certain times when we're needing to get things done at the house. But but we, we try to watch it with her because she asks you to repeat a lot of things and she likes you to point out colors. And, and, there's, and it's not just Miss Rachel. There's lots of videos out there that do similar things. It's just this is the one that we use at our house. Um, so what I try to do with her is I try to, like, say, all right, let's say it, you know, like, how did Miss Rachel say it or that kind of stuff. And even when we're done watching Miss Rachel, like um, – so when Miss Rachel has a song about how to be gentle with your pets, um, and my 18-month-old is not always gentle with our pets. <laughs> she loves to jump on the dog and ride the dog. And I'll say, Annie, what does Miss Rachel say we have to do? And she'll say, gentle. Um, and so we, we're, we're, you know, you can use things like that to your advantage. Like mm-hmm. even when you're not just watching the show, you know, you can rem- try to pull some of the stuff that they talk about in their videos and like get them to repeat it and point out good things, like you said character behaviors and things like that while you're watching it but you can also use it to your benefit when you're not watching it too like hey remember what did miss rachel say or what did we also watch some mickey mouse too she loves mickey mouse and so the clubhouse will say what what does mickey say you know or what's the song and you can kind of like use things like this to your advantage so it's not always such a bad thing Right. Um, and I, it's you know when we in clinic when we refer children to speech therapy or physical therapy or occupational therapy a lot of times what happens is they conduct a visit and then they give parents things they can do at home mm-hmm. to help their child develop and it's I mean it's a very similar concept 
uh, and just a practical way that you're you're almost doing a mini you're implementing some of the Therapies. mini therapy sessions at mm-hmm. home by using some of the tactics that you see right that Miss Rachel and others um, yeah encourage. but the only way to be able to know what how to instill continue to instill those things is to watch it with them you mm-hmm, know because right. if you just put them down and you're not actually engaging with them then you're not using it for your benefit you right. know if yeah. you don't know what your child is watching how can you ever um you know uh, what's the term i'm trying to use reinforce those mm-hmm. you know some of those learned behaviors that they're getting from watching these videos so again you know we always say it's so important to be involved in talking to your kids and be have some open communication and know what's going on in your children's lives and it's the same thing when you're doing this introducing screen time to your little ones you want to make sure that you know what they're watching so that you can reinforce what they're watching or cut it off if mm-hmm. there's bad things um like the other day we were flipping through the channels and um Coco Melon was known. And so I just stopped just to see because, you know, they they do that. And not saying Coco Melon is a bad thing at all because I know they do some good things. But they were singing If You're Happy and You Know It, which was Annie Loves the Song, and we were singing and clapping. But then it was like If You're Angry, If You're Sad, and, like, it was just kind of showing all these different little things that I don't I don't know that she really needs to be watching right now, especially mm-hmm. as we're um, starting our temper tantrums. <laughs> we don't want her to start with the anger and things like that. So, you know, you got to be mindful of what your child's watching. Right. Um, Another an older kid may be able to handle that a little bit better than, say, your 18-month-old. So right. just something to think about. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, Miss Rachel's on YouTube. As you're viewing YouTube, we all know that advertisements are always popping up. And I, and I don't know how this works, but they know that a child's in front of that screen somehow, mm-hmm. you know, the camera. And, and so advertisements sometimes geared towards certain age groups can pop up and, and it may be things that they don't need to see. So just being able to censor that as well. Yeah. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We are talking today about screen time and why it's so important that we know what our kids are watching. Um, We know how often they should be watching it, like how much time should we be spending on it. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to make it helpful for your children. So uh, we have my friend, Dr. Griffin Metcalf, on with us, and he is helping us with this discussion. So we would love to hear from you. So we talked a little bit about what... What the AAP or the American Academy of Pediatrics actually says. So um, they say under age two, ideally no screen time, um, but at 18 to 24 months, you can start introducing it. Uh, but on um, two to age five, they only want about one hour a day. And then after age five, really only about two to three hours a day. Um, and so that's kind of where we stand just as a blanketed statement on screen time. Uh, but now we're going to talk some more about like how to make it beneficial, how to find that balance and um, answer any questions that you may have. So tell us a little bit about what, what you were just describing to me during the break. Yeah. So like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this this topic really became relevant to me one as my wife and I have our child, he's 14 months old now, and then given the the assignment to talk to the pediatrics department at, at UMC about a topic, and I chose screen time. And in looking at the American Academy of Pediatrics and the CDC and kind of gathering some data, I came across a couple of interesting quote-unquote studies, and I, I'll just give a disclaimer. It's very difficult, especially with a topic like this in pediatrics, behavioral-based to create really, really high quality evidence. Um, but nonetheless, there has been a little bit of work done recently um, that I think is interesting 
just centered around screen time and its effect on childhood development. One of the things there's there's a study put out by Cincinnati Children's last fall, like November of 2022, and I, I won't get into the weeds of the data and, and bore everyone with that. But essentially, they took MRI brains of about 50 children um, between the ages of three and five. And they took measurements of different areas that, that, that we know are responsible for language development and attention and social and emotional stability. And they sort of stratified all the children based off how much screen time they were getting per day. And essentially what they found was a pretty strong correlation with so increasing amount of screen time, so several several hours per day, well above the recommendation, the more screen time children were getting the areas of the brain responsible for critical thinking, speech development, articulation, all those things was a little bit underdeveloped. Um, and the way they sort of measured that was they took, you know, thickness of the cortex and different parameters. And what's interesting on the flip side of that is they found that areas of the brain that were responsible for visual processing and, you know, looking at the screen and in the occipital cortex were a little bit more matured than, than they would expect. And so again, this is not, this is not slam dunk data. It's, I think it was a, I think it's consistent with what we would expect and what we often see is children that get way, way too much screen time often struggle in the, in these areas. And I thought that was just something that, that went with that. Another, um, another study that the American Academy of Pediatrics put out a couple of years ago was a little bit different. It was not strictly speaking of screen time, but it was specifically looking at, um, the concept of fast paced cartoons like SpongeBob, not hating on SpongeBob, but SpongeBob, you know, Nickelodeon cartoons, Disney cartoons that are just purely entertainment. And then compared to slower paced cartoons um, that don't switch frame and scene as, as quickly as other ones do. And they, they basically split a group of several hundred children in half. And basically after nine, nine to ten minutes of the fast paced cartoon, um, they were able to determine that executive function and critical thinking was was blunted uh, in these children, just simple tasks like quick memory recall and um, counting tests and things. So, um, so I, I mean, again, the, these are not, you take these with a grain of salt because they're not perfect and they're not a, a, an enormous sample size, but I think they're just interesting food for thoughts. But it all makes sense because, I mean, even as an adult, <laughs> I know that, like, my concentration ability is completely different than it used to be now granted i have a lot more things going on in my brain with work and with the kids and everything like that but still i mean i think the digital world has made us to where we aren't able to concentrate as much anymore because we're so used to just like constantly flipping between different things and Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes it's hard for me to even just sit down and watch a tv show anymore you know like you just can't it's it's we're, it's different now. And I mean, I can see it in me. I can only imagine what it's like in these little bitty, you know, brains that are developing. So yeah, it makes I, sense. I think you raise a good point, too. And, and I think it brings up the, a really good point that, you know, we're talking about children, the, the effect of excess screen time on children, but adults are not off the hook either. I mean, this is, it, it doesn't only affect developing minds, it affects the way adults think. I mean, I heard the term coined digital dementia a few weeks ago. I forgot who said it, but it's basically this concept that excess use in adults just leads to sort of cognitive blunting and and just not as clear thinking in the long term. And I'm, like you said, even in myself, I mean, just when I've 
when I've spent a couple hours looking at a computer for whatever reason, I, I just generally am not as sharp as, as, as I would have been prior, but. Well, and we'll talk a little bit about this too, when we're talking about our healthy behaviors with screen time. But, um, one of the things my husband pointed out the other day was, you know, because my little girl will walk up to us and say, Rachel, even though we watch, she maybe watches an hour of screen time for the entire week, not even day. Like, we don't ever really give her any screen time unless we just have to. But she still, she loves it. I mean, it's just, I mean, you can't, it's just like us as adults. Like, you're drawn to it. It's entertainment for them, just like we're drawn to going and cutting on Netflix and finding a new show. Um and so she'll come up to us and ask us for Rachel. But my husband was like, you know, the only time she ever asks us for her is when she sees us out with our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she sees us holding our phones and we're not, you know, engaged with her or whatever activity that we're doing, then she recognizes that. And she sees that as the opportunity to go and and go watch Miss Rachel or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. You know, it doesn't have to be Miss Rachel. Um, but it kind of like was a gut punch to us because we were like, ugh, like this yeah. is this is us. This is our fault. We're doing too much screen time ourselves, you know? Um, and so we were like, we got to make a more conscious effort to make sure we're putting our phones down and we're cutting the TV off so that she doesn't expect that that's how she has to be entertained. We need to find other ways to engage her and entertain her. So, um, Yeah, and it, it's really similar. You know, when I was thinking about all of this information and kind of what to do with it. It's very similar to just nutrition. You know, we counsel in clinic, we counsel parents to offer nutritious foods to their children and, and, and treats are okay, but to create a fine balance of, you know, mostly nutritious, healthy, whole foods, a little bit of sweets. It's the same concept mm-hmm. is a little, you know, screen time is not evil. It's not a bad thing inherently, as long as it is balanced with, you know, critical thinking, encouraging your children to be creative and shepherding them through that, um, I think is, is just a good point to raise. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We are talking today about screen time and how we can use it to benefit our kids and what are some of the ways that we can make it healthy screen time as opposed to just saying no screen time. Um, we're also talking about some of the potential complications that come along with uh, using too much screen time and why it's important that we do limit screen time. So we talked a lot about, um, you know, kind of what the rules and regulations are recommended for screen time. We talked a lot about co-viewing and why it's important. Um, We talked about how it's important as parents and grandparents that we ourselves limit our screen time because we know that the kids are watching us and they do what we do. Um, So trying to be more mindful of that. And we're going to talk a few more tips about how to, you can use screen time to your advantage. Um, And then also how to better make it safe for your kids. Uh, But Dr. Metcalf had a few little statistics that I thought were interesting when he, when he brought this up, that's how I asked him to come on because some of these statistics were a little alarming. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of those that you found when you were doing your research. Yeah. So when I was coming across this information, I got most of my um, statistics from the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics website. And um, I, I just thought, I mean, these were pretty sobering facts about how actually how much screen time the average child and adolescent are getting on a day to day basis. And honestly, it was much more than I would have suspected um, th- from the CDC website. I found that children between the ages of 8 and 12 uh, in the United States spend about four to six hours a day uh, on the screen. 
most of that is television, but that that also includes social media on computers and iPads and iPhones or any type of phone. Um, and then kids from the age of 12 to 18 get even more. So about seven and a half hours of screen time each day and about four and a half hours of that are, are actually watching television. And if you, if you calculate this out and do the math, that that's about, it's almost a third of every year spent on the screen. It's about 114 full days of screen time per year. And if you think about that being perpetuated all the way through at your adolescent years, that's almost a third that's a, th- a third of your life sleeping, a third of your life on screen time, and then a third of your life doing something else. And so um, just pretty alarming. And then and then kind of the other facts that I found that came from the CDC, or rather from the AAP, were sort of sequela, so downstream effect of spending way too much time on the screen every day is how, mu- how very little activity outside kids are getting. Mm-hmm. Um one so one fact was that about one out of five children don't play outside at all. Twenty twenty percent don't play at, at all outside. I believe it. I, I would think it would be higher than that based off of my conversations at checkups with kids. Um, because when I talk about it, I'm like, how often do they get outside? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them say, well, they don't like to go outside. Well, what do they do? Play video games. <laughs> yeah. And then about 75%, so three-fourths of all children spend less than an hour playing outside each day. And then the one little semi-humorous but really sad fact was that the average teenager in America today spends less time outside than the average inmate in prison does, Um, which is, you know, just mind-boggling to think about. And, you know, and and when you – this is a topic for a different day, but – you think about the benefits of being outside, exposure to sunlight, vitamin D levels, sleep hygiene. I mean, being outside is very important for mental health, for sleep, for just general health. Um, and, you know, the unfortunate thing is it's easy to, to, to tell kids, you, tell parents, your children need to play outside more. A lot of people don't live in areas that can they yeah. can easily play. So it's easy to tell parents that it's harder to actually live it out and implement. So, um we need to give people some grace when we're, you know, counseling parents on, on uh, these types of issues. And it is a different world than what we grew up in, because when I would come home, I mean, we were told we had to come home when it turned dark because we were, otherwise we would have been staying outside playing um, for forever. Um, but even as I got older, you could tell that that was changing. I mean, that's how it was when I grew up, but that's not even what it was compared to my when my parents grew up. They were outside even more than me. And then I was outside a pretty good bit. But I could even see, like, the generations I babysat for in high school and college, how different it was from when I grew up. You know, the world is a different place. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same. You don't trust having your kids outside as much as they used to. Um, so, I mean, you do have, like you said, you have have to take some of these things into consideration you don't we don't just throw our kids outside like we used to it's um, crazy y'all are talking about this very specific thing i saw a, a youtube mini documentary on a channel called big think i think is what it's called like in the last week that was talking about this very narrowly specific thing ironically uh and and one of the things that they brought up is that between the ages of like seven and twelve kids going outside and and pushing boundaries with their parents is like such a big deal and them not going outside and going a little bit too far or trying to stay out a little bit too late or getting outside of mom's vision and trying to you know getting into you know any kind of mischievous activities that kids get into 
that kids aren't doing that anymore and they're not learning natural boundaries mm-hmm. in that kind of way yeah. like mm-hmm. they used to. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had rules that you couldn't cross. Like where I lived, the street, there was a uh, <laughs> a bigger street, bigger street for, you know, where I grew up, uh, so which was a super small town. But you couldn't cross over Grand Avenue because that was the big, busy street. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, of course, we always push those limits. And I'm pretty sure my sister did that one time and got in a lot of trouble. So. <laughs> See, for me, if you got out to McDowell Road, you were dead. Yeah. You were going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. So you had, we had our boundaries where you couldn't go past. <laughs> Um, but that is that is true. I mean, I never thought of it from that. And standpoint. I didn't either. That's yeah. wild to think about, though. Yeah, um, but it is little things like that that like that seem so mind like I mean, just natural to us. But it is it is affecting some of their decision making and things like that because they're not they're not pushed other ways that we were as kids. Mm-hmm. So it's little things like that. That's a good point. Thanks, Jay. But that statistic when the, the teenagers spend about less time outside than an inmate does, that one was pretty sobering for me. Um, yeah, I, I, when I they heard were that all one. sad and, and sobering. But when I got to that one, I was like, man, something's got to change. Something's got to change. change. That's alarming. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's talk some about – we talked about how to make sure that you are using social media to the benefit, watching it with your kid, making sure you're picking educational um, – choices for your shows and everything like that but let's also do a few other tips about what to do so sleep is one huge thing that's affected by kids um not only we talked about physical activity and getting outside but sleep is another one that we see a lot of times affected and that goes into a lot of different things you know the the blue light you know if you're using your device too close to bedtime too much blue light exposure um, potentially could interfere with their melatonin levels which would make it harder for them to fall asleep Um, So one of the things that we recommend is no devices at least one hour before sleep. Um, And preferably, no devices in the bedroom. Um, One of the tips that I read was making sure you have a designated device-free areas in your house. Um, And the bedroom is a perfect place for that, you know. As I grew up with a TV in my room, and I love having a TV in my room even now to this day, um, I am guilty of that. But it is important that we do at least try to limit, if they're going to have a TV in their room, that you're trying to cut it off at certain periods of time and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I know we're talking about children in this setting, but even my in clinic and my adult patients, I recommend if people come in, they're suffering from insomnia, one of the first questions I have is, are you, what are you doing the hour leading up to bed? Do you have a television in your room? Because... Um, you know, I, I want to be careful not to to create hard, fast rules for every person. But in in my opinion, and I think there's good evidence to to bear this out, it is not a, it is a good idea to not have a television in your mm-hmm. in your bedroom, um, whether you're an adult or a child. Um, some people do fine with it, but I know for me, if I watch a show right before bed and it, while lying in bed, it just, it really does interfere with my ability to to fall asleep. Yeah, my husband had never had a TV in his room until we got married. And <laughs> he thought it was such a foreign concept that we had the TV in his room. And now he he probably watches it more than me um, because I'm just tired. And the minute I get in bed, I fall straight asleep. I can't even think about watching TV. But he um, he just thought it was crazy. He was like, what do you mean? We're Like, you have a TV in your bedroom? He never had one growing up. But and neither his parents still to this day don't have one in their room. It's just interesting. And it is important to you can't replace you like you said, you can't replace the human interaction mm-hmm. um, and your children. That's how they experience, you know, your love is you show in that, you know, with um, 
actually engaging with them. Um, and it is, it is the parent's responsibility to make sure. And, you know, like we said, it's screen time is not always a bad thing and it's necessary sometimes. Um, like in, I will say I give it to my kid in the car because otherwise she'll scream the whole time for the drive. Um, so it's okay sometimes to do it to not, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect and I don't do it for my kid, but you just have to make sure that you all, everything is good in moderation. Mm -hmm. Just like Dr. Metcalf mentioned earlier, you know, when you talk about nutrition, it's okay to eat the brownie every now and then, but it's not something you can do every day. Um, you know, everything is okay as long as we do it in moderation. And it is our responsibility as parents, grandparents, as we're raising our children, that we are putting those limits in. And I'll just say, you know, Dan, you raise a good point. You know, you know, before I had my son and I was just practicing pediatrics, it was easy. I, I looked at things as black and white. and It was easy for me to tell parents what to do, but I didn't understand how hard it is to live it out. And now that I'm on this side of things with my own son and I'm constantly thinking, how do I best foster development and growth in him? It's a really hard job. And, and it's and you're not always going to get it right. If you know, maybe some parents hearing this and, and maybe bummed that they feel like they've done too much screen time or they've done things the wrong way. Nobody's ever going to get it perfectly right. Um, I've already messed up in the first 14 months that we've raised our son. So, but there's always, I think it's important to always be thinking how to get better, how to do things better. And, um, and hopefully this is helpful to some. Yeah. So we'll go next to David. Good morning, David. What's going on? Hello. Uh, good morning. Love your show. I just want to make a comment about your earlier discussion on televisions in the bedroom. I'm primarily focusing on uh, only focusing on adults here, but 20 some odd years ago, when the film magazines made out of paper, <laughs> I read an article about some research uh, that had been done on couples uh, who had televisions in their bedroom and it was discovered that couples who had TVs in their bedroom had much less sex than those who didn't. So uh, the doctor when he's talking to an adult might motivate some folks to get rid of those things. Yeah, that could definitely be a motivating factor for some people, that's for sure. And I mean, it, and that all goes back to everything that we've kind of been talking about with screen time and what our previous caller mentioned. You know, screens and things like that, they can't replace that human connection, um, whether it be... You know, what you were mentioning, David, um, sexual contact with Mm -hmm. your partner or just contact with your children. You know, that physical touch of hugging your kid, getting on the floor, down there playing with them. I mean, it's just all of that in general. It's just our, you know, as humans, we have relationships and we desire that connection. And unfortunately, these screens you know, can interfere with that. Um, And so it can be, like you said, adults too. It can interfere with your relationships with your partner, Um, not just your kids. It can interfere with lots of different things. And I think the bigger overarching theme or takeaway from that is that it's all about boundaries, okay? So the dinner table is for dinner and communion with your family. The bedroom is for sleep and communion with your spouse. The living room is for maybe some television, but playtime and time with family. And so every place and every, you know, situation has, has its, um, has its role. And it's hard to do this sometimes, but creating good boundaries and not letting one take over the other, letting screen time take over dinner time or screen time encroach on, on sleep time, I think is a, just a really good thing to be on the lookout for. Yeah, but thanks thanks for calling, David, and and bringing a whole other perspective, because you're right. I mean, it can also interfere. This is not just for kids. It can interfere with our relationships as an adult. And, 
that can definitely be a motivating factor for lots of people out there. So thanks for calling. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We have been talking today about screen time and the importance of, you know, making sure you use it for your benefit um, because we want to make sure that our kids, if they are using screen time, because we know it's not always a bad thing, um, that we're using it to help them. We have thrown out some kind of crazy and scary statistics uh, out there. And just to kind of make sure that we highlight the importance of why we're addressing this. Um, But like Dr. Metcalf had mentioned earlier, like, this is a hard thing. This is really hard to do as a parent. And we fail every single day as a parent. Um, You know, so it's not something that we want you to beat yourself up about. This is something that we kind of wanted to bring to light so that you can implement some of these changes, you know, in your children and in your grandchildren's lives. So I think Dr. Metcalf had a couple of things he wanted to get to before the show was over. Didn't you have a few little topics, that little tips that you wanted to give real quick before the show is over since we have just a few minutes left? Yeah, I think we've in some capacity have mentioned most all of the, the, I think we've covered most of these tips along the way, but there are a few things that, I did just want to kind of reemphasize um, one specifically, I think, is uh, and this is a really hard one, but trying trying to avoid using screen time as a pacifier or a um, an incentive to stop temper tantrums. This is a really sensitive area, but I mean, it's, it's something that is tempting for all of us as parents. And I think that sometimes that can create a positive feed, a, a bad positive feedback loop of if I throw a tantrum, I will get the screen. Um, and so really trying to avoid now, you know, obviously there's scenarios in the doctor's office, your child just got shots or is about to get shots or, you know, be creative. There, there are, there's a time and a place for it, but I think trying to avoid um, using that as a, as an incentive for bad behavior is something to avoid. For behavior and reinforcement kids are just looking for any kind of reinforcement Mm -hmm. Um, and they know that sometimes even that negative and bad behavior can get them some positive reinforcement and then that's the perfect example of that and so that's why we always say some of those bad and negative behaviors we don't want you to reinforce them um, and just ignore them and this is the perfect example of that so just a kind of throw that out there and along the same lines of reinforcement so on the flip side is you can use screen time as a as an opportunity to 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 reinforce positive things in your children as well if you're watching a cartoon and you see a positive you see a, a character um you know sharing with his friend or helping someone that's in need you see these things all the time and a child without a, a, a an adult coming alongside and saying look at this good behavior that you can emulate that's I, we take that for granted, but that's a powerful thing mm-hmm. in a child's mind when he sees a character, he or she sees a character that he's loved for so long, and a parent comes alongside and says, look at this good behavior. that Because the child will start to emulate that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a big one that we've touched on several times is setting a good example ourselves as parents. I mean, and I'm the number one. Every Sunday I get a notification on my iPhone that says I've spent way too much time on my phone throughout the week. So we're all guilty of this, but our children watch what we do and they emulate the things that we do. And if they see us on our phone all the time, the downstream effect is they're going to want to do the same thing. And so, um, and then one other thing that I I just want to, I won't get into the specifics of how to do this, but you know, setting timers on phones, there's different settings that you can use as a parent to make sure your child's not getting way too much or, or, or bad screen time. So making use of those limits is a good thing. 
It's all about creating a healthy balance. You know, it's it's not a bad thing. You just want to make sure that you've got that balance, just like everything in life. So thanks, Dr. Metcalf. This was such a good discussion, and hopefully that got everybody thinking. Um, and we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and Think Radio, and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Our call screener was Abram. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.